Hello, everybody. Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. If you're new to the show, we have a new episode every Monday and Thursday streaming through the Charisma Podcast Network on charismapodcastnetwork.com. You can go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, pretty much anywhere that podcasts are listened to. Um, It's awesome to be here again today. Our heart and our message here behind Awaken Podcast is based on Ephesians chapter 5, where it says, Awake, awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. That was written to believers, not unbelievers. The Apostle Paul was talking to the church in Ephesus. But as believers, we need our hearts awakened to the beauty of Jesus, who we are in him, all of the gifts and the tools that he's given us. We need to be aware of the enemy's schemes so that we can truly make a difference for God on this earth in the kingdom of heaven. And so I have a friend of mine, a close friend of mine on the podcast, actually in the studio with me today, which I'm very excited about. Before I dive in and introduce him, I want to read to you a scripture that I've loved for years that has made an impact on my heart for years. But it's 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, and I'm reading out of the NIV. And this is this is pretty much where we're going to be going today. Um, but I just wanna I want to read the scripture really quick. And so 1 John 3, verse 1 out of the NIV. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. And the reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. And so I want to talk to you today about the love of the Father with my buddy Josh Naylor. Um, We will be talking about Encounter and kind of his journey with the Lord, and we will get into the love of the Father, which has transformed my life and transformed Josh's life. But he is a former Division I all-conference basketball player and graduate of Texas State University, Christ for the Nations Institute, and Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. Since being married in 2012, Josh and his wife, Lindsay, helped plan a successful church in West Texas became the parent of um, three boys, launched two thriving young adult ministries, a personal ministry, and most recently, a growing landscape business, which is awesome. And his greatest passion is simple. I love this about him so much, is to share the same love that Jesus shares, the perfect love of a heavenly father. And so, come on, Josh. Welcome to the show, man. So man. So excited to be here. I was just thinking, we go back a decade, bro. We do. Absolutely. 10 years we've known each other since CF and I, so <laughs> it's an honor to be here, man. I'm just, I'm excited to have some fun. Absolutely, dude. You're in, you're in the studio. How do you feel? I, mean, I feel great. This, this is professional. <laughs> you know, it's, we got pictures. We got TVs in here. We got sound panels. Yeah, microphones galore. This is awesome. <laughs> I'm ready to go, man. Yeah, dude. Let's do it. And so um, I just shared a little bit about your bio so people kind of have an understanding mm-hmm. of who you are. But for those who listen to my show, you know that I like to go into encounter stories, how people Absolutely. first encounter the Lord, kind of their progressive encounters with God. And so tell me about how you first encountered the Lord, bro. Yeah, absolutely. I've listened to a, a few of the podcasts and mm-hmm. I love I love that you asked that question. So I accepted Jesus at age nine. So the long story short is my dad was a senior pastor. My mom obviously helped in ministry. So they were pastoring a church in East Texas. And when I was nine years old, you know, I was just kind of living the kid life and not really anti-Jesus or anti-church yeah. or any of that. Just hadn't had an experience where I really felt a drawing on my heart to make it make a decision or as people say mm-hmm. to accept Jesus, right? But sure. I was watching a TV show. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> watching a TV was show at, televangelist at age no? right, at yeah. age 9 and Michael I could tell cuz I was telling him earlier. I don't I don't think you've ever heard of the show, have no, you? No, I've never the heard. The show of it. is called Gospel Bill. 
and it, it it's incredible Sounds accelerating yeah if you watch it now it's it's really bad yeah I mean, <laughs> but anything is like 20 something years later right sure. but but to be honest at the time it really was kind of cutting edge there's a pastor um his name is actually willie george he kind of fathered and pastored what is now church on the move in tulsa oklahoma and has transitioned it to his son but they did television ministry you know they're just doing things to reach people yeah. and it worked man i was sitting there watching it and it's a funny story, but literally, like I said, at nine years old, I'm watching this show and they have all these characters and skits and stuff they do. So you're glued to these goofy characters and watching the show. But at the end of every episode, they would give this salvation call, if you will, like sure. the you know the sinner's prayer. Yeah, They would invite yeah. you to pray a prayer, repent from your sin, accept Jesus. And I did it. And the thing is, when people are like, well, I mean, how do you know you got saved? Like you're nine years old, like, you know, a nine-year-old praying and a 29-year-old, like, there's a difference, right? And it's like, mm-hmm. of course there's a difference because of where you are emotionally, mentally. But at nine years old, I prayed this prayer and no lie, I went running throughout my house, bro. Like just sprinting through my house. And my my mom was there um, at the time. And I just, I went sprinting, trying to find my mom. And I was screaming, I'm saved. I'm saved. <laughs> That's I'm awesome. Saved. And so it, it was, it was really dramatic, but I've never forgotten it. Obviously, you know, it stuck with me. And I truly believe, we were talking about this earlier, but I truly believe I was saved at age nine. Mm-hmm. Now, the deal is I didn't passionately live for Jesus every year of my life. It wasn't like all my problems were fixed. I was completely delivered because there was a lot of things I hadn't even decided to do yet yeah, so, sure. that I needed to be free from. But mm-hmm. it was it was the beginning of my um, salvation journey and relationship with Jesus. Heaven was rejoicing right. and that spirit of celebration right hit you and you just ran around your house like mom i'm saved i know jesus i was and all of your uh all of your problems didn't just go away right you didn't just live perfectly for god right Right. away there wasn't just peace joy and righteousness Mm -hmm. bubbling over all the time Mm -hmm. but uh anyways that's awesome and so you lived your teenage years Mm -hmm. going into college it looks like you graduated from college so you partied a bit i'm sure tell us a little bit more about your story there yeah i mean i I was my life was basketball you know I i was always a successful athlete. My dad played college sports. Um, my oldest brother played college golf. I, from a young age, I was just really gifted at sports. So I kind of yeah. knew whatever route I chose with sports, there was a good chance I could play for a long time and in college. And so I excelled at basketball, was the number 30 player in the state of Texas, was recruited even as a short white guy. So I had to have some skill, but I was recruited to play uh, quite a few different universities and um, chose to go junior college for two years and signed with Texas State University in San Marcos. And so it was a very up and down, off and on relationship with Jesus. Because yeah. the truth is, the way I say it, I always, I always love God, and more importantly, I always knew God loved me. I just loved myself more. I was just selfish. Sure, you know, I mm-hmm. hadn't laid my life down. I hadn't, I hadn't prayed that prayer. That's like, Lord, what do you want with my life? Not like you know the typical Christian. I think if we're being really honest, we're like, Well, I'm going to do this. Will you bless that? It's like, those are are more so our prayers. Like, yes. how about you bless what I decided to do instead of like, well, maybe you should have asked them before you ever did it. But <laughs> Protect I mean, me prayers exactly. a lot. Like, Lord, protect me while I'm doing this. Or exactly. Lord, bless this. Hell Mary. Yeah, yeah, no death. I'll never drink again. <laughs> sure. Take away this sickness. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I did, man. And I'm not trying to glorify, you know, the party scene in any way. But I, yeah. I definitely partied a lot starting in high school and throughout college. And it wasn't every year. I had some moments where I was like, you know what, I'm going to... I'm going to try to stand for Jesus and not drink. And, you know, so my sophomore year of college was kind of like that. And 
live for God more. And the irony is I was always more successful. Yeah. I don't think it, you know, obviously the Bible says it rains on the just and unjust, like God's blessings are for everyone. But there was just a certain favor that I had when I walked with Jesus more yeah. passionately. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it was that way um, until I was 26 years old. Mm-hmm. So it was off and on. Was a successful college athlete, was an all-conference player, and really all I wanted to do was play basketball. But it, but once again, it yeah. wasn't, I didn't ask God, like, do you want me to play professional basketball? Yeah, you weren't seeking God's right. will about it. Yeah. Not that I think we have to ask him everything, but the mm-hmm. big things in life, I think he wants to reveal to us which way he has. Absolutely. And so, anyways, um, I kind of did that. I, I was looking to go play professionally in Europe and actually went on a ministry trip with athletes in action and was being recruited to play professionally with some other guys. And I got injured. I uh, actually was kind of hit trying to run around this screen and hit my shoulder. And it was, I was in such bad pain. I had shooting nerve pain all the way down the left side, my chest, like down to my abdomen and then all the way on my, down my back too. So for three to four months, I couldn't, I couldn't even run. I mean, I couldn't, obviously I couldn't lift weights, but I couldn't run. I couldn't do anything. And during that time, um, I, I just prayed and I, you know, I think it's important to tell people, I don't believe God caused that injury, but I definitely believe God used that time and that window in my life where it's like, you know, I think he wants to do that with people. And I actually feel like this is a word for somebody that's going to be listening, mm-hmm. that there's something you're going through in life where you're like, I don't know, is like God punishing me, but I feel like God is removing anything that you could call security and distractions in your life so that you just go deeper into him awesome and he did that man he he pulled all these things away and i i prayed i prayed that prayer that was literally like not here's what i want to do with my life here's my will bless it but it was like lord what is your will for my life and i'll never forget this man but my dad said he's like look josh if you're going to europe which is where i was looking and i had an opportunity to go to czech republic he said if you're going to europe to play basketball it's wrong but if you're going because god told you to and basketball is what you do, then it's right. Wow. In other words, if your your identity isn't in the thing you're doing, but your identity is solidified in Jesus and you're following what he says, then there's a lot of things you could do. Great advice. It was, it was incredible, man. So it was awesome. life-changing advice. And that was uh, the beginning of the end of my life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my, my flesh, my desires. And it really was, man. It was the beginning of my discipleship journey where I was truly just committed to following Jesus. And from there, man, the, the rest is history. And uh, it, it, it was absolutely like the defining moment where ministry, the, the call to ministry was just, mm. man, it was lit. If there was a fire, it was lit in me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was out of nowhere. Yeah. I wasn't chasing it. And it was just all of a sudden, one day it was like, the Lord's like, you know, basketball isn't the future I have right now. You're called to ministry. Sure. And sure. so from there. That's awesome, man. Ended up so at good. CFNI. Ended up in Steve and I, and that's that's where we met. And so, um, but even just the fact that you're in college, you're up and down with the Lord, you want to seek God, but you're also, more than anything, seeking your own will, your own ways. You're talking about selfish ambition, et cetera. And so I just love how we could be seeking the things of the world, but the Lord is still ever seeking us. And I just love that we could harden our heart towards God. Mm. We could turn away from God and our hearts but he never turns away from us. He never hardens his heart towards us. Right. He is ever pursuing us with fervor 
his mm-hmm. passion, his love, the Holy Spirit's wooing us into a relationship. He's orchestrating things in the natural. Mm-hmm. Like you say, he's all, God's an opportunist. Yeah. He didn't yeah. he didn't create this illness in your life, right. but he used it as an opportunity Absolutely. to shine so the light good. of God on your heart so that you could see the truth, come to a place of repentance, come to a place of surrender. He used your father. He didn't just speak Absolutely. to you personally, so but he, he used your father to, mm-hmm. to, to speak the word of the Lord into your life. So there's a lot of moving pieces here, but I just love just the mm-hmm. uh, process of surrender. Like at, at nine years old, you were saved and going to heaven. You right. wouldn't have had much fruit to show for right. it if you stood before the Lord. <laughs> My house might have been lame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your mansion, I don't know if it would have been a mansion, maybe a shack on the hill. Right. But at the Dang same it. time, like, yeah, man, you would have been with the Lord, but there's just this beautiful, I just love, man, when, when, you, when you encounter God mm-hmm. to such a degree that you, you, you see him for who he is. You yeah. trust him because he's so good and you surrender your life to him, you know, and then in that moment of surrender, right. he begins to reveal destiny and begins mm-hmm. to awaken this, um, this ministry call right. on your life and right. light a fire in you for ministry right. and kind of redirect you, which is awesome. And I remember when we first met, man, mm-hmm. you were, you were, you were on fire, bro. You're a passionate guy. I love to spend time with you full of truth, full of the word of God. Mm-hmm. You're always passionate about the word of God. Mm-hmm. And so we have long conversations about the Lord. And then we wound up at the International House of Prayer in hey, Kansas yo. City. We packed in two cars. Spring break. Spring break. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what we did during spring right. break. <laughs> Take that, Satan. That's redemption for all the other spring yeah. breaks we had. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We packed two cars, drove from Dallas to Kansas City because there was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit right. taking place in Kansas City. Wasn't it called The Awakening? I think it was called The Awakening. It was. Some... Maybe your podcast. I'm just yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so... But we we went there, dude, and God really was yeah. truly pouring out powerfully. Tell us about that experience for you personally, how that impacted you. Yeah, such a crazy time, man. It, it was incredible, and I think we were. I remember being at CFNI, and CFNI, you know, was incredible and is incredible, and God really, you know, laid a huge foundation in our lives, you know, and it was cool because we had about ten to twelve people. I think it might have been exactly twelve, but there was roughly like ten to twelve of us that were always hanging out, like always. You know, we were kind of the revivalists, if you will, sure, yeah. not like in an arrogant way. We just wanted everything God had. Yeah. And so, you know, if you're kind of carrying that fire, you find the other fire starters or fire carriers, you know? And so we found each other and I remember kind of helping facilitate it. It's probably you and a few other people and were like, let's go to IHOP, International House of Prayer, not pancakes. Yeah. <laughs> International House of Prayer in Kansas City because this awakening. And I remember hearing that they were having, they kind of had like a weekend a student weekend experience where the power of God was moving in such a way they couldn't stop. People were getting healed, yeah, delivered. Exactly. Uh, like every like, saved, amazing yeah, miracles were like happening. Like true revival, true encounters with God. And we were craving that. We had seen some cool things at Christ for the Nations, mm-hmm. but the things we were hearing were like, you know what? I want to go there and I want to experience it. Yeah. And I feel uh, man, I feel like this is for someone too. That mm-hmm. as we're talking, a specific word that somebody's gonna be listening or listening however, whenever, and that you're just wanting more. Mm. You're in this place where you're like, I just want more of God. And you almost feel this guilt of like, well, I'm at this church or maybe this certain ministry, or maybe it's just a stage in your life where you're like, I'm trying to be faithful. And there's obviously something to be said for being faithful where you're at. But I encourage anybody, if God's leading you and there's something tugging on you where there's an experience, maybe another ministry, another Mm -hmm. church, I yeah, think that you you are often released to go after that with the right heart of honor and humility. But I, I think it this may sound kind of strange, but I think a lot of people get stuck out of a false sense of honor where they're yeah. like, well, this is where God called me. I'm like, okay, well, God called me to Dallas years ago at this specific church. 
and to run this nonprofit organization. And then he called me somewhere else called Bethel. Yeah. You know, so that mm-hmm. happened later. But at, at IHOP. I think what you're kind of targeting there yeah, too yeah. a little bit is just this hunger in our hearts for more. And it's mm-hmm. not that we didn't receive the fullness when we got saved or surrendered to God, but there's just a lifetime of experiences yes. and God opening our the, the eyes of our heart. You know, we see more, we, Mm -hmm. you know, we get gifts activated in us, impartation that takes place that brings us to, um, you know, a more fuller expression of who Jesus is in our lives. Something I love to say is all of our heart, all of our heart cries as believers should Mm -hmm. be, I want everything Jesus died for me to have. So good. And I want to, I want to reject everything he died for me to be free from. So good. Like that's just, that's my heart cry as a believer. Lord, I want everything that Mm. you died for, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. I want to experience the fullness of what you imagined in your heart for my life in this earth. And whatever you died for me to be free from, I want nothing to do with it. I want to reject it wholeheartedly. And so like that is our heart cry as spirit-filled believers of God. Mm -hmm. And so there's always more. It doesn't matter. You're like at 90 years old, you're going to be getting something new out of the scriptures from when you were 15, 20 years old, you know? So there's always just so many rich experiences we could have with God. But, and that was, that was, that's exactly where our, our heart was. I think you'd say that you'd say the same thing when we wanted to go to IHOP. Oh yeah. We're like, we just want more. And we heard more was happening. Mm -hmm. So we went, you know, we rounded up, like I said, 10 to 12 of us, we carpooled in a couple cars and we drove Mm -hmm. down Got a couple hotels. The girls mm-hmm. stayed over here and there. It's just important to note, you know, we yeah. had boundaries. <laughs> it was boundaries. We were doing yeah. it right. Yeah. And the, uh, you know, the guys stayed over here in our hotel and we went and bro, I mean, it was just incredible. And I remember I was telling Mike earlier, cause we always talk about this, <laughs> but um, I'll, I'll give you the, a quick teaser before, but I remember walking in and seeing people shaking, just walking around shaking, you know, the head shaking. Yeah, laughing. laughing the Holy so Spirit, yeah. What we would call, if you're not familiar with, but manifesting. Yeah. So their bodies were manifesting. The only reference I had for something similar to that was on drugs. <laughs> I'm just being honest. So it was like, yeah, true. Smoking marijuana or ecstasy, you know, taking yeah. some pills when I was younger, a handful of times. Like you experience some things physically, mm-hmm. manifestations, if yeah, you will. Yeah. So when I walked in, I was scared. I was like, <laughs> Lord, it was messing with my mind. I remember. Yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. you had this internal battle going on. Right. And mm-hmm. I was just like, I've never experienced this. I've heard people talk about revival and maybe some stuff that's a little bit crazy. You might not understand, but I'm like, well, okay, if that if that's what they mean, like that, this is it. I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't understand. This is crazy. So <laughs> and the first day, I'm pretty sure it's the first day where, you know, we're in this gathering sanctuary type place for the the awakening services they're having. And Michael comes up to me. Like, however, he'd been off, you know, encountering the Lord somewhere. (laughs) And he comes up to me with his hands just shaking, like just intensity all over his face. And his hands are shaking like this. And he looks at me and he goes, bro, I can't stop shaking my hands. He goes, I don't even want to, but if I did, I couldn't. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, dude, I felt, I remember the Holy Spirit spoke to me because I literally, because one of my drugs of choice back in the day was ecstasy Mm. and they call it the love pill. You just want to hug everybody. Mm. Like you have like, you know, sensations or whatever. And then also it puts a boldness in you that you Mm. wouldn't have if you were sober. Right. And I remember I walked into that service. I just opened my heart to God and I began to experience the presence of God in such a way where it was similar to what I felt when I was on ecstasy. And that is, that will uh, offend some religious spirits. But I remember I 
got with the Lord and the Lord said to me, the devil has counterfeited my glory. What you're experiencing wow. is my glory. And what the devil has done has fabricated wow. drugs of all different kinds. Yeah, he can't create anything. Yeah. Copycat. The, oh, copycat. 100%. And then acid mushrooms. It gives you visionary experiences. Prophetic people see visions like all these different drugs, mm. copycat an aspect of God's glory, wow. except it's a counterfeit and it destroys us and it debilitates us and it breaks us down when God's glory heals us restores so us good, fills us up brings us rest mm. you know um it's and pure. so i'm mm. just thinking like wow man the devil has deceived so many people in this world wow. and told the world that god's boring that serving god yeah, yeah. is lame that god's gonna ask them to do something they hate doing they have to live this life of just suffering and i believe in suffering but not yeah. like my life's horrible my right. entire life and no connection to joy and peace right instead there's so much we could experience in god that's tremendous and so, so amazing man yeah. and you got healed of an apple allergy i did I remember that is true 100 percent. that yes. did happen so i mean to kind of further continue without taking too long but being there like i said it was messing with my mind and yeah. i don't know about you i don't think michael messed with my mind i just thought it was funny when he <laughs> came up and his hands were shaking it honestly it probably gave a little more validity because i really knew you i knew your heart you know, i wasn't when, gonna be faking it yeah mm-hmm. i knew you wouldn't fake it and i looked around and I just want to say this too. I think there's probably people that have observed maybe some of these experiences or services or whatever you call it. And you're kind of going, I think, I think that definitely looks fake. I think some of it's fake. And I'll just tell you this, there will always be some fake. Yeah. But if I'll never forget, you know, being at Bethel even years later and Bill Johnson told this story where this, you know, God is moving, people are getting healed. They're experiencing this at Bethel years ago. And there was a person in the sanctuary that was kind of, they were just doing something weird. They were, they were like moving around kind of like a monkey. Mm-hmm. And you're like, that's a little bit weird. <laughs> and you're like, and so a lot of people would be like, I think there's something demonic going on that mm-hmm. that's kind of drawing attention to itself, you mm-hmm. know? And so there's probably some truth to that. But Bill just said, he was like, you know, I don't feel a personal challenge because I prayed about it. And I felt like the Lord said, what if, what if 5% of it is me? Yeah. And it was like just this challenge to him that's like, who am I to be the percentage police of what is what is truly the spirit and what is your flesh? And is it okay as children of God, like we're going to talk about the Father's love, is it mm-hmm. okay as children of God to not be fully perfect or fully accurate or to mm-hmm. be in process and to be working it out, right? So yeah. mm-hmm. I remember looking around and I was just like, I feel like that guy's just doing it to get attention. And I feel like And I was kind of like sitting there assessing rather than trying to dive in. And finally, a shift took place. And I said, all right, Lord, I've already told you, as we said about the more, that I want everything you have for me. Mm -hmm. So the only thing I know to do is to go to your word, to ask you to speak, to give me some foundation, to release me to experience it. So I, it just happened to be my devotional that I pulled up the next morning. And I remember sharing this with you, but it's in 2 Corinthians 5. And literally, I opened the devotional. It was literally like the Holy Spirit's like, I'm going to make this really easy for you. Yeah. And the Apostle Paul is talking and he says, if I'm in my right mind, it's for you, the people. But if I'm out of my mind, it's for God. Yeah. And God said, Josh, there's an experience with me that is biblical, true, and pure where you can actually be outside so of good. your mind. So mm-hmm. what he told me was let go of your mind. Which for which is crazy because it's scary, right? Sure. You're taught your whole life in a religious form of Christianity that you have to know it all. You have to be in control. But the Lord's like, I want full control. So I don't need you to understand. I need you to trust. 
Yeah. And it was this shift, man, that took place in me that, to be honest, I've been living that for 12, over 12 years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like, man, I were 10 years, whatever it is that I want it all. And so I, I remember, op- yeah, I yeah. remember I looked over at you and your eyes were closed. It was during a worship time and, you know, people were laughing. Some people were on the ground. Some people were just worshiping, dancing. And I look over at you and your eyes are closed and you're just still and your mm. arms are like out, like you're worshiping, mm. but you're like not opening your eyes. You're like in the zone. I don't yeah, know if yeah. you remember this, but then mm. there was two little kids that walked yeah. up behind you. Part. Two little kids. It had to be eight or nine years old. Bro, maybe, maybe no more 10. than 10. Every time I tell it, no yeah. way they're more than 10. No more than 10 looked more like eight or nine years old. Both these kids laid their hands on you and you didn't look at them. You didn't say who's, yeah, yeah, yeah. who's touching me. Your eyes were still closed, yep. but you began shaking violently shaking violently for hours, for hours yeah. probably for two or three hours. Yeah. And then our other friend got slammed to the ground, <laughs> got delivered from self-hatred and depression. Um, wow. One of our other friends um, thought she died because <laughs> yes. she got flung about did. 10 feet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, but she always wore black and she was always mm. so passionate about faith and the things of God, but she always came off kind of intense and harsh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and she got slammed to the ground and she wow. got up saying, I hated myself. And, wow. I was in depression and self-hatred. And then she started wearing colorful things instead of just black. Wow. And she started hugging people and she hated being <laughs> hugged. Like God delivered her wow. too. So there were so many things that took place in all of our lives during that outpouring. But I just love how God used children Come on, to bro. pray for you. And it helped bring a release and what God Come wanted on. to do in your life. And, and so, I was, I, I think I was in that judgment and I don't think it was wrong judgment. I think it was just where I was. It was, yeah. it was honest that I'm like, sure. I don't know that they're being legit. Yeah. So of course God would be like, okay, well, it's harder to critique an eight-year-old or a nine-year-old. So I'm sitting there exactly like you said, or standing in line, and I'll never forget that because I know exactly what they prayed. I was standing there, you know, worshiping like you said, and I feel these little hands on me, and it's a voice, and I'd slightly open my eyes to see a boy. At least I knew it was a boy in front of me that, like we said, couldn't have been more than ten, and yeah. he just started saying more, more. You know, sound like a girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's yeah. so little. More, more. And then he said, double portion, double portion. (laughs) I'm like, think about like, how does he even know to, he's just, he's repeating things that he's heard, which is also okay because he's learning and growing and being discipled and following. And he prays it. And like you said, I just hit the ground. Mm -hmm. And the way that I describe it is I experienced every emotion and feeling that you could for two or three hours. Mm -hmm. So there was like, a repentance, like a bit of like sadness of like maybe what I had been dealing with or struggling with, but there was like overwhelming joy and yeah. peace. And so I was, I was yeah. crying. I was mm-hmm. laughing. I was shaking. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was so intense, but all in the best way possible. We've all, you know, if anyone has, let's just say you grew up in a more conservative church and you wound up going to a church where there were some manifestations of the Holy Spirit, it's okay to wonder if it's God or not. The Bible talks about testing spirits. You know, the Bible talks about, you know, it's for me when I came, I remember when I first went to CFNI, the whole laughing thing kind of hit mm-hmm. with some during some like uh, lectures. And I remember thinking like, if it's God, I want it. But if it's not God, I'm not going to force it. I'm not going to just fake laughing just so I could fit in or whatever, because that's lame. And I wasn't after the, I wanted the authentic. Right. I didn't want. And so I remember it took me like two or three weeks, but I just got with the Lord and I just said, God, like, if this is you, if this is something you have for me, if this is my portion, then I want it. And then it just hit me like three weeks later in my dorm room with my two dorm mates who I honestly thought were 
um, just kind of fence riding Christians. Like they were there just playing like Dungeons and Dragons in the room and like weird stuff. <laughs> and they like weren't going, they weren't, pre- they weren't taking their time seriously. They were like 18 or 19 years old, right. just not taking their time seriously. And for me, right. I got saved from drug addiction. All I want is Jesus. Like I right. want to pray, read the You're Bible, like, evangelize. Class, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I judged people a lot when I first did the same, scene. Bro, hard, same. hard. And then, um, and then I remember they were playing the guitar, just like silly, stupid songs. And right. the Holy Spirit filled me with so much joy. And I, la- I couldn't stop laughing. I was rolling on the ground laughing. They just kept saying, cause they loved this. They kept egging me on by saying stupid stuff. Yeah, yeah. And like, they just took advantage of it, but it was, it just kept on happening, but it's okay to ask the Lord. Is this you? Is it not? Is this the spirit of God? Is this something demonic? Right. Like God is not afraid of those hard questions. Spirits, right? Oh, 100%. Absolutely. And so, dude, I think your story is great because you encounter God at nine, Mm. you see the cross, repentance, you need God. And then years later, you come to a place of surrender, Mm. genuine surrender, where now you're living for Jesus. His will is more important than your will. And Mm. it's all about, it's all about him, you know? And then you wind up at IHOP and Mm -hmm. you believe in the supernatural for sure. Um, but you go to IHOP and God just never breaks. Never experienced it before. That yeah, you've yeah. never experienced it like that before, mm-hmm. and God just unleashes it into your life, and then you wind up at Bethel, mm-hmm. and that's just another level, right? Because yeah. that's just what they're in every single day over there at Bethel. But God began to also give you a revelation of the love of the mm-hmm. Father that you were kind of stewing in for a while, but it kind of came to a head at Bethel. Yeah, Tell us about come that. On. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think I was, and, and it's funny because I hadn't thought about this. You know, we briefly talked about what we we're going to talk about, but the Lord just reminded me. So I, I feel led to say this and it'll help segue it. But I always tell people every season with God is a new opportunity to receive a new grace and a new piece of his heart. Mm. So if you tap in, I believe the most important question as believers that we can ask Jesus is what season am I in? Because oh, it's, I love good. how Rick Pino says, stop comparing your planting season with someone else's harvest season. <laughs> that's great. So if you think you're in a harvest season, yeah, but God wow. is like plant. So for me, you've witnessed it. Mm-hmm. And you would probably say the same thing when you were in New Jersey it was like plant, plant, plant. And then oh, you move yeah. here and you're plant, plant. And now you've been harvesting. God's yeah. been blessing you financially, mm-hmm. all these things. Well, ours was like, we had the security. Then God called us to move recently. And it's been plant, plant, mm-hmm. plant, 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 plant. And so just starting a business, you're like, that's amazing. It's successful, but it's not like you're taking all this money when you start a business. You have to build. There's a lot of of pioneering and pushing. But I I feel like that's for someone. So anyways, every season is like at Christ for the Nations, it was about the heart for the nations. It was meeting these people from all these different tribes. And then I saw the prophetic gift, like some of the gifts that God had given us started to come alive in an Mm -hmm. environment that was going, that was passionate. Mm-hmm. So then from there, I get a phone call and my uncle was a part of a church in Austin that was helping start a nonprofit for boys without fathers. Mm-hmm. And so when he called me and he's like, hey, I know you're in Bible school. We're looking for some help to build these camps and programs and to start these chapters in Dallas and Austin. So I'm just like, I'm young, I'm single, I had time and I love Jesus and I, I love people. So I'm like, absolutely. It's incredible. So I helped run the sports and did different things and helped them start these chapters and then as I graduate CFNI, so this is a year before I go to Bethel, I'm graduating CFNI and the director, the Dallas Fort Worth director of Team Focus, this mentoring program for Boys Without Fathers, calls me and says, the Lord's calling me to move to Indiana to help implement a football program at this university. And I'm calling to see if you would be the director of Dallas Fort Worth yeah. for Boys Without Fathers. Mm-hmm. 
So in, immediately I'm like, man, God is shifting. It's not taking away from anything. It's only adding to all the previous seasons. Sure. But there's a shift where he's going, now I'm going to begin to introduce you to the love of the Father. Mm-hmm. I'm going to begin to put you in a position where you have to be a conduit for the Father's love as you mentor these boys without fathers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then so I do it for a, a year, and I had actually gotten a word right before I graduate just crazy. I don't know if you remember this, but um, Ming Jung Kwan, we called her oh, MJ, yeah. is her oh, name. Yeah. And if you have friends from South Korea and they come to you and give you a word, for the most part, you just need to go, okay, it's the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> they pray way more than you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They'd be praying so long. Yeah. And she came the week we're graduating. I had been to college. I had my college degree and I went to Bible school. And the whole time during Bible school, I'm like, this is amazing, but I can't wait to graduate and get out there and do this stuff. The last week, the week I'm graduating, she comes up and was like, I was praying for you. And I felt like the Lord gave me a word that you're not done with school yet. And I'm like, don't even come at me like that. <laughs> and honestly, Turn around and walk right, away. I was just like, I, and I had been getting some words prophetically where God was teaching that was like, hey, don't receive that. Honor them, love them. But that word wasn't from me. They're practicing, sure. they're growing. Be completely honest. I was like, I don't think, I didn't think it was the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I was like, thank you, you know. Um, yeah. I don't receive it, <laughs> yeah. but so keep praying for God to sharpen that right, gift. Have right. a good one. <laughs> and uh, anyways, the reason that's important is because six months into running team focus for boys without fathers, I'm literally, I'm listening to Bill Johnson. I remember hearing Heidi Baker speak mm-hmm. and watching her. So I'm watching these people in a, in the culture of Bethel who are what I would say are so free. Yeah. Like Heidi Baker was the first person I saw preaching on her knees like weeping and laughing and i'm like wow didn't care at all people she thought. must oh, yeah. not care or ha- have any fear of man uh-huh. and it was so like challenging and convicting and i was like man i wonder what their school of ministry is like and i promise you i asked that question with zero intention of going i just wanted to learn more about the culture mm-hmm. so i go online i'm sitting in my living room at a, um six months into running team focus for boys without fathers and i go online and i look up bethel school of supernatural ministry And I start reading the core values of the culture and the Holy Spirit hits me and I start laughing uncontrollably. (laughs) And then a voice pops in my head and wouldn't you know what the voice said, Josh, you're not done with school yet. And I'm like, crazy, man. So did God speak in the voice of MJ? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) With an accent perfectly. (laughs) Just so you remember how wrong you were. Yeah, exactly. But isn't that crazy? I mean, I feel like someone probably needs to hear that too. Yeah. You don't have to, every word you get, you don't have to like put into action immediately, but you also don't have to throw it away. Like just, you know, people use that term, put it on the shelf, however you want to process it. Just, just don't take so much pressure on yourself because the Lord showed me this. When God spoke to Abraham to kill Isaac, to sacrifice the seed and the promise, Isaac is the one that carried the weight up the mountain. Mm -hmm. He carried the wood, he carried the materials. Mm -hmm. And God was like, I want you to remember that. Because the word itself is supposed to carry it. The grace isn't on you. The grace is on the word. So if it's from me, it'll happen, right? That's good. So anyways, man, it happened. And yeah, to to get back to what you're saying, I think God had begun the journey, obviously, with the heart of the father. My dad was an amazing father who discipled me, still is Mm -hmm. amazing, discipled me, mentored me, get thrown into this organization for boys without fathers. So I'm just growing Mm-hmm. And being put in a position to learn more about the Father's love. And then I go to Bethel, who is, you know, Bethel's still one of my absolute favorite cultures on the planet. And man, the, the whole experience there, I went into it with a word 
that uh, Frida Lindsay gave a friend of mine. Frida was a founding, um, you know, founder of Christ for the Nations along with her husband, Gordon. And in her last year, she passed when, you remember that? I remember that. Yeah, she passed when yeah. we were finishing, like graduating. And uh, one of our friends was her caretaker. And she went to her and was like, you know, how do I manage like encountering God and being faithful like in my classes? Like if we start with worship and I'm on the ground in worship, like experiencing God, like at what point do I like honor the teachers and the classes? Like how do I balance this experiencing God radical environment with also going to school? And Frida Lindsay said this phrase, man, I don't know if you remember this or, or you heard it. Well, Frida Lindsay told my friend, she said, if God takes the lid off, you leave it off. <laughs> Bro, I'm like, if that's that. not the most gangster uh, thing you've ever oh, heard. For sure. And so, yeah. but that was the word. Like, it's important. Like, I believe God is faithful to give us prophetic words of direction for every single season we're in. So when I went to Bethel, you're like, what was the experience like? I'm like, well, the whole experience started with the word. Those you're not done with school followed up with a word of direction that was this is about you leaving the lid off that I've already taken off. So when I went there, this is no lie, no exaggeration. I'm not trying to sound cool. I was drunk in the spirit every day for nine months. <laughs> every day. We were like, you took church planning class, right? I'm like, uh-huh, I think so. Like, did I? Yeah. And it wasn't, the thing is, it wasn't dishonoring. Like, I, I, I did all the homework. I read all the books. I completed my classes. I made the good grades. I showed up. I did my due diligence and all the things. I wasn't taking grace like to this, mm-hmm. you know, abusing it or whatever. Place, yeah. yeah. And it was like, no, I was faithful with the word God gave me. So if you ask people about me there, they'd be like, well, he played in this basketball game. He's a really good basketball player. Oh, the drunk guy. Yeah. It was like for nine months, yeah. I was being faithful mm-hmm. with the word. So, and in that culture, man, the only way to bring it full circle, the only way that a culture could operate that way is if they know God as a father, mm-hmm. a father that is so good. I think of Bill Johnson's illustration all the time that he says, when I taught my kids how to ride a bike, I didn't teach them on the street, on the street or on concrete. I took them to the park where there was tons of grass because when they fell, I wanted it to be safe. Yeah. And it's that thing like as leaders, as parents, as fathers, mothers, friends, like we should be helping facilitate an environment that is safe not an environment that tries to keep mistakes from happening. That's good. But man. an environment that creates safety so that when they do fall, when they do mess up, there's not huge damage and hurt. Yeah. So man, the only A lot way, of ministries don't do that well, you know. Don't. It's a beautiful thing when when a when a uh, a ministry is cultivated in that way because it's messier, it takes more work. For it sure, does. it's easier to just put a rule in place and hope that people follow and then punish the one person who... Yeah, uh, control. Yeah, exactly. Control's just... It's a work of the flesh, obviously, but it's um, you know, it's just a beautiful thing, man, because you care more about the individual and you care more about their growth and you care about just a, a functioning mechanism you yeah. know, of a church or uh, so an good. institution. So that's awesome, bro. So good. Yeah, they... Like I said, nine months, man, I just went after it and I, I was faithful with that word that I want the lid... I want the lid to stay off. Yeah. I feel like God had, I, I had begun experiencing him in deeper ways through, mm-hmm. through CF&I, then through the IHOP experience on spring break. And it continued ever since IHOP. I would say it was literally like, it was like flipping a switch. So yeah. <laughs> when anybody talks about the presence of God, just like right now, I literally feel the Holy Spirit and the presence of God moving um, because I, haven't, I still haven't put the lid back on. Yeah. Like I, I, I refuse to. Yeah. So it's like you're sitting there talking and here's what's crazy. 
the IHOP experiences, when I was falling out in the spirit, I don't hear a lot of people talk about this, but I asked the Lord and I was like, what, what is this? Is it, it's clearly your presence, but Mm -hmm. is this the Holy Spirit? Is this the father? Is this Jesus? And I felt strongly the Lord said, these are angels. He said, what you're, what you're physically feeling are ministering spirits that I've sent on assignment. Because the Bible says he makes his angels winds, his servants flames of fire. And like, like Bill always says, it's foolish to worship angels, but it's equally as foolish to ignore them. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I I knew that I was encountering the angelic and I think they carry out the word and will of God. So when you're, we're Mm -hmm. talking about the word right now, we're Mm -hmm. talking about his presence. Angels are here, man. Yeah. They're all around. So absolutely. It's crazy. Come on. Dude, this was so much fun. I got to have yeah. you on again. Yeah. And the way I kind of want to end this here is we we shared on a lot of things. We touched on a lot of points here about different um, defining moments in our life, going deeper with the Lord, right. the more of God, and how in different seasons God's revealing something new, mm-hmm. right? And so however you feel led in your heart, mm-hmm. but I would love to close in prayer and it's, you know, there's complete freedom, however you feel led, yeah. you know, to pray. But there's people listening right now that are mm-hmm. saying, wow. You know, and things are things are triggering in their mind. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and they're saying, "I, you know, I would, I need an encounter with the love of God." Man, I'm, I, I'm not hearing God accurately in this mm-hmm. season. I have no clue what the season's about. Or, you know, what I've been living in sin and I haven't fully surrendered mm-hmm. to the to the will of God right. and yielded to the Lord of my life. And so, there's just people that need to go deeper, and I feel that strongly. So God's shifting them and transitioning them, and I feel like this prayer and this moment of just getting real with God could really help shift that. So, so good. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Let's do it. But I, I just feel led to pray the baptism of fire specifically right now. Lord, I thank you that John the Baptist, um, when he showed up on the scene and people were like, are, are you Jesus? He's like, no, 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 I'm not even worthy to carry his sandals. He said, I baptize with water for repentance, but the one coming after me baptizes with fire and the Holy Spirit, Lord. So I just ask you to baptize every single listener with fire and with your spirit. And I just pray, just like fire does, that it would burn away the chaff, the debris, everything that is keeping um, their hearts and their lives, their soul, their minds from being refined and even transformed into your image and likeness, that it would be burned away, that your fire would just consume every single listener right now in Jesus' name. And I come against every attack, every uh, tormenting spirit, every spirit of fear and uh, spirit of religion that would keep people bound. The spirit of religion is all about control. So Lord, I just come against control that would keep people bound and that would keep people stuck in their head only. It's okay to have a mind. It's okay to have a brain, but put it in the back seat. Let the Holy Spirit drive your spiritual car. So Lord, I thank you that the Holy Spirit yes. is moving right now and he is releasing a grace for people who listen to this to put their mind in the back seat where they would say, you know what? I'm trusting the Father. I'm not leaning into my own understanding. In all my ways, I'm acknowledging him. I'm trusting the Father that he will direct my path, that he will lead me. So I thank you for your faithfulness, God, as a perfect father to love your children. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. I've heard it said, less thinking, more drinking. Come on. Me and my wife, have, uh, me and my wife have reminded, uh, there's been several times where like, you get in your head and my wife's like, Less thinking, more drinking. That's right. <laughs> you just got to recalibrate. That's okay, it. let's just, you know, it's not that you're not thinking at all and you're trying to exactly. empty your brain, but it's that let's just let's just meditate and think receive. upon the things of God and receive. Exactly. Instead of trying to, you know, pick apart everything and put everything in its rightful box, let's just receive from God and 
set our focus on him. Okay. And so that's awesome. And how could people connect? Because I know that you've started a business, which is awesome. Yeah. And um, I know you do a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. And I know you're itinerant. I know you travel. Mm -hmm. I know you teach. Mm -hmm. I know you do discipleship. And so is there a place where people could find out more yeah, about Yeah, absolutely. Um, and to be completely candid, I haven't been pushing ministry in this season because like you said, I've been yeah. growing a business. But sure. um, uh, the Lord has also been speaking to me about doing a couple things coming up to push more on the ministry. So mm -hmm. I have a website that is joshnaylor.org. So mm -hmm. it's Josh, N-A-Y-L-O-R, joshnaylor.org. And you can go on there. Um, one of the last um, cool things we did is we, ca we call it Modern Disciple Experience, but we led 10 people through a discipleship intensive where we, my wife and I you know, did calls with them. We did uh, weekly Zooms and then we do follow-up calls. And we just created a community where we were discipling and pouring into them what the Father's love and what He's done in us. So we're going to have some more opportunities like that coming. And uh, of course, we're, we're young adults, pastors, and and God's been clear. Um, we're going to be planning a church in Dallas in, in a couple of years. So we're we're moving in a year to position ourselves for that in Dallas specifically. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, I'd love for people to part, partner with us in prayer, go on our website, reach yeah. out to us on social media, and um, just awesome. stay connected. We'd love to connect with people. So cool, man. I uh, I highly recommend for you guys to tap in and connect to Josh um, and what he's doing. And so, dude, thank you so much for joining me today, bro. So Honored, much man. fun, man. Love you. I <laughs> love you too. For those who are listening right now, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It'll help us get it out to more people so they can be challenged, inspired, and blessed by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Love you guys. Look forward to speaking with you next time on Awaken Podcast. <laughs>